0: That is a beautiful song, right? It's just a beautiful reminder. I love when we get to repeat those truths because I don't know about you, but I need those reminders. Amen. Amen. Anybody enjoying the uh, cooler weather? Yeah, I know I am. 62 degrees. It's funny. My kids got into the car this week and it was like 65 degrees and they said, Dad, I'm freezing. I was like, son, it's 65 degrees. Come on. It's not that cold. Uh, But uh, they have low country blood now is what I call it. So um, we are excited to be here. It's incredible to see your lovely faces as well uh, because we're in week three of a series called... Letting go. That's right. Letting go. What is holding me back? And just to catch everybody up, we kicked off the first week talking about Philippians chapter 3. And in Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul gives us this picture. He says, I forget what is behind me. And I press towards what is before me. And I'm pressing towards the, the call of Christ. And that call is spiritual maturity. That call is growing to be more like Christ. But we began to think about, okay, if God says, I'm forgetting what's behind me, what are those things I have to let go of so that I can fully pursue God, that I can fully experience God and experience everything that he has called for me. And so last week we talked about unforgiveness, how we need to let go of unforgiveness that is holding on to us that is causing bitterness, anger, and rage. And today, uh, we have something that I got to tell you. Uh, God used me as a case study this week for the topic that we are talking about. It's funny how God works that way, huh? Uh, Today, we are talking about control, control, and what that looks like in our lives. And I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10 today, and we're going to close in Psalms 23, Psalm 23. So Luke chapter 10, I uh, have a couple of supporting verses in there, but let's pray and ask God just to speak to our hearts here this morning. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, praise you, and we are so thankful uh, that we get to dive into your word this morning, God. Thank you for each and every soul that can uh, hear the sound of my voice here in the room, but also online too. As well. God, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. God, I know that there are many things in this life that can hold us back, God. That, as you describe in your word in Hebrews, how it says that uh, those sins that can easily entangle us, God. God, I pray that you would help us identify what those things are. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal those to us here today, this morning. God, I pray that if anybody walked into this place or clicked online and they're just feeling the the heaviness of life, God, I pray that over these next few moments, they can cast those cares onto your feet, God. And I pray that you'll continue to do what only you can do, and that is change lives. Mold us and shape us into your image, God. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Well, I begin to think about this uh, idea of control, right? And what does this look like in our lives? And I begin to think about some of the little uh, funny things that we do, right? There's little things, I don't know about you, but I know for me that I just like to control, right? There's certain things like maybe uh, I like to be the one that picks this next show, right? Like I want to be the one that picks the show or picks the movie that is coming on. So maybe you're kind of like, I, you know what? I control the remote. It's my, my remote, right? Maybe you have a chair that you sit in. You're like, no, nope, I control, this is my chair, right? I control this small section of my house, right? Or maybe you're uh, in the kitchen. You're like, you know what? This is my kitchen, right? This is my domain. I control what happens here. Uh, I don't know about you, maybe uh, maybe driving, right? Like maybe you're like, yeah, I just, I got to drive, I'm controlling this because I have got to drive. I got to be the one that is there. My hands are on the wheel. I can keep an eye, my head on a swivel, right? Like all of these things. And I think about this because uh, they're all pretty funny, right? Um, And, uh, but if we think about control and think about those little things, which can be funny to you and I, uh, there can be bigger things in our life that uh, if we're not aware of them can start to hold us back. And particularly with our relationship with God, because we know that God wants something for us and that God is calling us to be more like him. But sometimes I can be stubborn, right? Sometimes I can say, well, God, this is what I have going on in my life, and this is what I would like to see, and this is what I would like to do, right? God, I just want a little bit of control, And sometimes that can be hard, right? And sometimes it can even hold us back because God is saying, hey, if you will just trust me. If you allow me to take control, if you'll help me, if you allow me to help you by experiencing what I have in your word, you may not can see all the pictures or what is going to happen exactly the way that it should, and you may not even fully understand what is happening right now, but I want you to trust me in what this looks like, because control is a bigger picture, right? It's a kind of an umbrella effect of all of these, what I call side effects that can happen inside of our lives, and we start to see these side effects begin to happen in our lives. And to help us really grasp this and to see a picture of an, a, an example of this in the Bible, we're going to go to Luke chapter 10, and we have two people in the Bible that we're introduced to, and this is a fairly known Bible story. So if you grew up uh, in, in church or maybe going to Sunday school or going to uh, church, maybe you've heard this story before, maybe you're hearing it for the very first time. But Jesus is in his ministry, and he is his fame is growing. Growing. And then it says he gets to this particular city and he meets this family. It's two sisters and one brother. And we have these two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they have a brother named Lazarus. And maybe you've heard of Lazarus, the famous story where Jesus raises him from the dead, right? This is the same family. And you have Mary and Martha who invites Jesus to Into their home. And we get to have a picture. We get to to peek in to experience this story of the interactions that they have together here in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Everybody doing okay? All right, verse 38, it says this Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha, get this Wow, what a picture, right? You got you have two ladies who have invited Jesus, who is claiming to be the Son of God here in Scripture, right? And they are believing that Jesus is who He says He is, and they invite Him into their home. And Martha, I can relate to Martha, okay? Because I'm a doer, I like to get things done. I'm like, just give me a checklist and let's get to work, right? And I just picture Mary, who Mary here in this moment, she is savoring the moment. She is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and I feel Martha's tension. I don't know if anybody else does, right? Like, Mar- Mary, we got things to do. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God in our home. We got to have the best food. We got to have the decorations up. Like, th- there's things to do. We got to get this going, right? And we feel this tension of Mary and Martha, right? And Jesus has a conversation with Martha because Martha does something here, and I, I find this observation pretty incredible. It says that Jesus said that she was distracted with all of this serving. And I think about my life and maybe your life. You can relate to that of there is so much going on around us, right? There is so much going on. It is so easily, easy to be distracted, right? We live in the information age when we are open to all of these different things and all of these different opportunities. And have you noticed that everybody around you has an opinion of how we should, how you should spend your time, right? It could be your work. It could be your family. It could be your kids. It could be your spouse. It could be all these people, right? And they have all of these lists, all of these expectations that they have. And you and I, we were living in this tension of going, okay, am I being distracted? Am I being pulled in one way or the other? Or we can experience what Martha did, right? And, and we can lean into and go, you know what? Everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be exactly right. I need to make this happened, right? Like I have to control this, this, and this, because I have an expectation of how this week is going to go, how this day is going to, how this event is going to go. And I, and all of a sudden my need to be in control of it, right? Begins to take over. And this is what happens to Martha. Do you notice what she does? She comes to Jesus and she does what? She starts giving God orders, right? She's like, Jesus, can you take like, Jesus, can you tell Mary that I'm in here working away? I am sweating. I am tired. And she is just sitting at your feet. Jesus, can you do this, right? And have you noticed in those times when life gets overwhelming or we want something to go our way that we can do the same thing, right? God, do you see this? I need you to intervene this way because I'm expecting this to happen exactly this way. God, I need you to work in this situation how I am. And thinking, right? And we feel that tension between Mary and Martha, and feel that tension between what I can control and what I have to allow God to continue to control, right? But I want to draw those two things because you and I have to start here because we see the difference between Mary and Martha. Uh, Martha is wrestling with this right now and and uh, because she comes up and she starts to give Jesus orders. But what does Mary do? Mary comes to receive. Martha comes to give orders, right? And Mary is there to receive. She understands the principle in this moment, not all the time, right? Because the funny thing about control is, in my experience and talking with people is, there can be one moment where we're like, we're good with it. We're, we're okay with how God is controlling it. And then all of a sudden the next day, it's like, oh, I got to control this. I got to do this. I got to do that. Right? And it's almost like this tension to manage. And it's not a one-time surrender and I'm good. But it becomes this tension to manage because things change. Situations change. Relationships change. People are flawed and broken. Right? And they're going to do things that are outside of, of being perfect. And so we see how the tide can shift, but we have to start where Mary starts here. If you and I want to fully live a life where we're we're allowing God to control first, we have to first understand that God is in control of and the center of my life. God is in control of and the center of my life. And God is not, because you may uh, be asking this question because I've asked this question as well, right? Of going, well, there are some things we do need to step into that we do need to take responsibility for, that we do need to kind of wrestle the bull by the horns, right? That God calls us to do a particular kind of work, but we must start with God is in control of it all. And God is at the center of of it all. And God is guiding me in this. I'm not coming to God to give him orders of how I think my life should go and how every detail should go. But I come to God with this merry heart of going God, I'm here to receive. What do you want from me? There's this beautiful quote by uh, Corey Tin Boom. If you ever heard of her, her and her family were a part of the Holocaust and walked through all of that. And she has this, she has many books, but she has this one book called The Hiding Place. If you get a chance to read it, it's a great book. But she says this, don't bother to give God instructions just report for duty I love that right they don't bother giving God instructions just report God I am here I'm here to serve what do you want from me today God, I gotta, how, how are you guiding? How are you directing me in my life today, this week, this year, my family? How are you guiding and directing me? And we see this, right? This difference of because if we come first with I, this is how I want it to go. And now my prayer starts to change from receiving for what God wants for me to giving orders, right? God, here's my checklist today. And here's everything that I need you to bless. I got it all planned out, God. I, this is a phenomenal plan. Can you just bless this plan, right? But God is saying, I want you to come to me to receive first of God going this is what I want and we receive many things in this opportunity because this is where we receive our not only the assignment that we're talking about we're receiving peace we're receiving grace we're receiving love we're receiving all of this and he is teaching us when we come with the first expectation that I am holding on to what God has called me to do and so the question becomes how do I know um, when I've crossed the line how do I know where uh, I, I, I'm living my life responsibly responsibly right? What God has called me to do. And how do I know that I'm holding on so tight that now I'm shifting from God's plan, right? Because that's the tension we have to feel. Where do we cross the line from Mary to Martha? Where do we cross the line and what is the in-between phase? And for you and I, the, the, when, you, when we are trying to hold on so tight that it begins to change our character, that's how we know we're we're hitting the red line and it starts to change us. And here's what I mean. Is when you see that when we start to try to control things. And now because it's not going the way that I thought. Now I am angry. Now I am upset. I can even be bitter at God. I can, like, right? My character begins to change. And it's outside of what God has called me to live like. God is saying, this is who I want you to be. I want you to live in peace. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love joy right when well, my joy is gone because the plan is gone my joy is gone because it's not happening in the way right when all of that begins to shift i know that i'm holding on to that control too tightly because god wants to do a mighty work in us to shape us into his image right and when it begins to pull us out of character pull us out of Christ's likeness we know that we are holding on to it and it's an opportunity to go okay god Okay, I need to give you control here because it's it's causing anxiety, it's causing worry, it's causing fear, it's causing me to doubt God. It's all of these things, right, because I'm holding on to where I thought it should go, the way that I thought it should happen. And here I am standing before the Lord going, God, just like Martha, right? Do you not see what is happening here? Can you not understand that I'm left here wrestling with this? And God is going, I want you to trust me with the plan. I want you to understand that Mary has decided on the right thing in here in this moment. Where she's receiving from God. How we receive what God wants for us first. And I, and this is how we see this. And I just want to show you this in scripture. Because I don't want you just to think that I'm pulling this out of thin air. But here in verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious anxious. And troubled about many things see it was pulling her out now she started to think it was all dependent on her she had to make this happen she had to work 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 and she had to control this situation and make all of this happen and it was causing her anxiety to be anxious and to worry and it was pulling her out of what God wanted for her love joy peace patience, right? Like the patience left the window. Mary, what are you doing? Right? All of these things. And when it starts to pull us out of our character for Christ, God is saying, that's when we know I need to let it go to God because now it is holding me back from growing in maturity in Christ." And it's not so easy to do, but Jesus teaches this here in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. He teaches this to his disciples. And in fact, funny story is another moment of control. um, In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus has the same teaching. And I love Peter in scripture because Peter is real. Peter is raw and he doesn't hold back usually. And uh, if you read all through scripture, he's kind of like the protector um, of the group. And he keeps trying to correct Jesus. Right. Like uh, you see these moments and in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus begins to tell them how he has to die on the cross and how uh, the son of man came to die for the sins of many. And Peter kind of pulls Jesus to the side. Right. And he's like, hey, Jesus, we need to talk about this. And the Bible says that, he, that Peter rebukes Jesus. So you know it's not going well, right? But he's pulling Jesus on. He's like, hey, Jesus, I got to tell you, you, you have to stop talking like this. Like this this is not going to work, Jesus, right? And he's trying to control the situation. Jesus, don't you know this is not right? What is going on here? And Jesus makes a bold claim right after he uh, praises Peter for making the declaration that Jesus is the son of God. And here later on in the chapter, we see that Jesus says, hey, get behind me satan because you do not understand the full plan you're trying to change the situation right now right here on earth but it, this is going to be a, a change for all of eternity that's the reason why i came it's die down the cross to save the souls of many to pay their debt to pay for their sins on the cross to seek and to save those who were lost and it redirects peter right there in the moment right but Jesus doesn't discard Peter. He doesn't kick him out of the group, right? He had, Peter has a moment and God goes, hey, you have to let this go and you have to trust me. I have a plan. I'm walking in this and if you will trust me. And then he makes this bold statement right after this. And we're going to, uh, he says this in Matthew chapter 16, but also here in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. And follow him a picture, right? He is saying, I I have come to take up my cross and Jesus says, I want my disciples, I want you to take up your cross daily and trust me and follow me. Be willing to take on the purposes of God that even though in the moment I may not fully understand what is going on, but I'm surrendering to the cross. I'm surrendering to the gospel. I'm surrendering to God's plan and Jesus makes this declaration with, with his disciples and he makes the same declaration and call to you and I, and it's not just a moment thing, right? A one-time thing. He says, no, take up your cross. What? Daily and follow me because he knows his creation. He knows his daughters. He knows his son. He's like, you're going to need this every single day, right? Because it's going to creep back in and situations are going to change and you're going to want to try to grab control again and take everything by the reins again. He's saying, hey, take up your cross daily and follow me. And this is where I want to kind of begin to land the plane a little bit, because that call right there is the is how you and I can continue to allow God to be in control and still live out his purposes and his calling. He says what follow me. He doesn't reverse those things and go. Hey, you know what? I'm following you and I'm going to bless everything that you do. Right. Like I'm just going to come behind you, cleaning all your toys up, cleaning everything up, cleaning your messes and and blessing all this. Right. Like, that's that's not what he says. He says, "No, you follow me, and I will guide you and I will direct you and I, and I will help you in these steps and I want to um, begin to pray and, and help us to paint this picture because psalm twenty three I began to read it last night, and I want you to read it because it is so powerful and it is such a verse that maybe you've heard it read over. And over again. But I want you to read it in this light of allowing God to be the good shepherd. Because it is a powerful piece of scripture. Everybody still doing okay? It says this here in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. Look at this language. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for." His namesake, even though I walk through the the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever you see that terminology he's saying follow me i I, there will be days where i'm gonna make you lie down in green pastures you're like god why why do i have to stop why do i have to slow down why is this happening he's like hey i have a plan and right now here in this moment i'm I'm gonna make you lie down right and then he says i'm gonna restore you and then he, he continues and then he begins to name some not fun things i'm gonna put you at the table in the presence of your enemies Right? God, well, what are you doing here? You, you, you're putting me in front of these people who are not for me. In fact, they're against me. And I don't fully understand this. And God is going, allow me to work through you for my name's sake. Right? And then it says, surely goodness. Will begin to follow me all the days of my life. as I follow Christ. His goodness, His mercy, His grace, His love begins to flow into me so that now I overflow, but I must get the order right first, right? That I come to God and allow Him to have control first. Because when we flip it and we try to work it in our own power, we see our shortcomings come into play. And that's when fear, that's when anger, that's when bitterness. That's when manipulation begins to happen, right? Because I I need to control this. I need to control you. I need to make this happen. And if I can manipulate things, if I can make you feel guilty or make you feel shame, I can begin to control you, right? Because it flows through us. But, But me, if I'm controlled by God, if I'm allowing God to control the situation, then I know it's not on me to change everybody's life. I know it's not on me to change every situation because I'm not God and I would make a terrible God, right? I have so many weaknesses and shortcomings. We aren't made for the throne of God. We weren't made for that kind of worship. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one who is still on the throne. He is the one who can maintain that control. He is the only one that we can put our full trust in, full belief, full growth and saying, God, I trust you in every aspect of my life. And now, God, will you fill me with your peace. Now will you fill me with your grace? And I told you this week, that was a kind of a a study, right, uh, of this that happened. And it's always funny when God begins to make things happen. You see, uh, here's a small example. We have a volunteer team night tonight. Shameless plug. But anyway, um, tonight for all of our volunteers and one of the things is uh we're portable you guys know this we set this up tear this down so we don't have a church building so we're fully dependent on other people anytime we want to have a meeting or a a larger space and so we had uh, we reached out to a local conference room hotel and said you know what this is the this is what we're going to do they locked it in they said this is great perfect well wednesday night they give us a call and go hey Um, See, the funny thing is, is we double booked you guys and uh, you're not able to meet there anymore. So I was like, great, awesome. And so I get on the phone. I call another space that we've used before. And they're like, oh, yeah, we would love to have you guys. Yeah, in fact, here's the price. And it was half the price of the other one. I was like, look at God. This is so good, right? All of this. And, and then I, I, so she's like, you know, what? I'm going to email you tomorrow. It's all good. I'm not naming names, not naming places, okay? Just keep it up in the air um, because that's not the point of the story. And then on Thursday, I give them a call, no answer, no email. Friday, give them a call, no answer. No email. So I'm like, great. This is awesome. So I reach out to a couple churches and I'm like, hey, uh, can we use your space? And they're like, nah, sorry, we can't. We got this going on, this event going on. I'm like, great. I'm like, awesome. So then I start to pray. I'm like, you know what, God? You know, because I can feel my blood pressure boiling. I'm like, here we go. Let's go, God. What do I need to do? What, let's buy a building right now. Let's make it happen. And I just began to think. I was like, okay, God. I had to change my prayer because obviously I'm preaching on control. So God starts to minister to my heart god starts to direct my heart i'm like okay god you're in control and you're in charge if you want us to cancel it we'll postpone it we'll cancel it whatever you want us to do god we will do it you're the head of the church not me we're following you you are our shepherd and begin to pray and then uh, my lovely wife she's very spiritual and close to god she says hey why don't you reach out to the college so I sent a text out real quick, and she's like, yeah, it's open all day. Go ahead and take it, right? And all of a sudden, the doorway begins to open, and I believe that God has placed us where he wants us. And that's just a small situation, but I could feel the moment of doors closing and another door closing and another door closing going, God, what? What is happening here? Like, God, we're, here we are. We're, we're trying everything that we can, but God is saying, I want you to trust me even in the small details, and don't allow the situation to pull you out of your God given character, out of your Christ likeness, because God is still on the throne. And I believe that's what separates us from the world, right? Because we don't depend on what is happening around us. We depend on a risen Savior. We don't depend on things when, when doors are closed, when situations don't happen, when diagnoses begin to happen and are slammed right in our face. No, my joy, my hope, my peace, my grace comes from the Lord because He is in control. He is my shepherd. I am following Him and I'm believing in Him that He is still going... Going to do a work for His name's sake, even in my situation right now, even in this mishap right now, and so as you and I begin to pray and ask God to speak to our hearts, that that's my that's my hope, because it starts with our relationship with God, and it overflows into our relationship with other people, and if I want to control my relationship with God. I'll want to control the people who are around me. And it takes a moment for me to go, you know what, God, I'm releasing control to you because you and I know people don't want to be controlled. We weren't called to be controlled or manipulated. We were called to be led. We were called to surrender to a risen savior and say, hey. I'm flawed too. I'm following a perfect God. I'm not perfect, but if you follow me, I'm going to do the very best I can to get you as close to Jesus as I can, right? I mean, that's as we think about the relationships in our lives. We think about parenting. We think about marriage. Think about all of these things. I'm trying to get as close to Jesus as I can, and I want to help you do the same. I want to serve. I want to love. I want to show grace, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it is not all on my shoulders, right? Because we are not God, only God. There is one God. And we see this hope and we see this truth that we have in Christ. And so as we pray today, the um, worship team is going to come back up and they're going to sing this beautiful song that has been speaking to our church here. Um, It's called Highlands and the Highlands. My bad. I'm trying to add stuff to it. It's called Highlands and it's a beautiful song because it talks about the the mountaintops and it also talks about the valleys. And so my prayer for us as a church to say, you know what, God, Uh, we're going to start with us as individuals and say, God, you know what? You're in control. And if there's anything in our lives, maybe you're trying to hold on to and you know that you're holding on to it because you can feel it pulling you away from your character in Christ. You can feel the anger or the bitterness or whatever it is beginning to well up in you going, okay, God, this situation right now, I'm giving to you. You're in control. I'm trusting in you. I need peace in this. I need strength in this, God. And I'm surrendering this to you. And then us as a church, we come together and say, Jesus, you are in control. Jesus, you are are the head you are our shepherd and we just want to follow you God. so give us wisdom give us direction guide us as we go as a church god because i believe he's called us here for a reason and for a purpose i believe he's called you here for a reason and for a purpose because we come together and we are the church right we are the body of Christ that he has called us to and when we're able to let go of that control people begin to notice and go whoo it's almost like you depend on something else like well, what is that right you're like oh well I let go of control a long time ago right can you imagine telling a co-worker that they're like what you let like, go of oh, control that's crazy you're like I know and here I am and God is still working that's the reason I can still have this peace and grace because Christ gives it to me first. And so let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We are so thankful that you give us this this grace, God, that even though we fall short, even though in our weaknesses, even though we try to pick up and carry these things like control and they cause us to fear, they cause us to worry, God, they cause us to be anxious in those moments. God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that we can collectively as a church say, God, it is yours. You are in control. God, I pray that you would just instill in us, strengthen us, God. I pray that you uh, strengthen our faith to know that you are still on the throne, God, that you are still in control, that no matter what is thrown in front of us in this broken world, God, we know that you are still with us, that that we can still come before you in prayer, God, and that you're still moving and working in our lives here today, God. We believe that you can do a mighty work. God, I pray that you continue to use us and use our church for your glory, for your name's sake, God. And I pray that there's somebody in the in the house that maybe they're in a season, or just like Psalm 23 said, He makes me lie down in green pastures. God, I pray that that person would just release control to say, "Okay, God, this is a season in Him." God, maybe you're uh, somebody in this room that you're speaking to. They're in a hard spot where people are against them. God, I pray that you move in that situation. I pray that you give them wisdom. And God, I pray that we cling to your goodness and your mercy, God. That as we draw near to you, God, I pray that your goodness and mercy would fill us. Just as Psalm 23 says that our cup would overflow in Jesus' name. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.